0: Hello everyone, welcome, it's the evening. Grab your wine wherever you are or if you're in the US. Probably don't drink yet, I don't want to get you in trouble. We're going international and sorry, no, this isn't the football. But all will be revealed in 20 seconds. I Wales did terrible today. I'm sorry, my brothers. Anyways, 12 seconds and we will be ready. Seven seconds. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in on this special moment. If I've managed to pull you away from the screens from the World Cup, I appreciate you being here. And if you're watching the replay, then that's okay too. I'm joined by a fantastic guest who is international as well. And no, we are not, um, we're not avoiding speaking to each other because this isn't the World Cup. We're all friends here. I'm joined by an awesome person, unfortunately not related to Paul McCartney, one of my personal heroes, but, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's the next best thing in the architecture world. Brian McCartney, how are you, sir? you Okay. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really Brilliant. pleased to be here. Brilliant. And I was so impressed by your thumbnail that today we've got some fighting talk. So I've got my site fighting. You know, we're gonna go. we're going to kick ass and take names and talk go. about a subject which is close to my heart. Now, before we go into it and a little hint, it's about partly about some awesome websites, but also... Some websites where you're like, "How oh, has this made this to to go live?" But before we go into that and talk about my pet peeves, Brian, you do a lot more than websites as well. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, please?
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, my background, actually, I was trained as a, dra- a graphic designer way back in the day when we when we did everything uh, in print. Um, I uh, I uh, I kind of graduated uh, when websites started coming around and graduated to designing websites. That was back in the late nineties uh, for crying out loud. That was a long time. Seems like <laughs> ages ago. Um, I, uh, I've i worked, uh, I've had clients like General Motors, Lipton Foods, uh, really big brands that you're familiar with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but then, um, Uh, My wife and I, uh, when we lived in, uh, we lived in Switzerland for a while, we both got recruited to uh, run firms in Switzerland. And uh, during that experience living overseas, we started our first agency together. And uh, so when we came back to the U.S., uh, Uh, 2012 or so Uh, we at first we were just kind of kind of like a generalist agency you know we we worked with a lot of small local businesses and then we uh, we worked with our first architect and it was such a great experience that we we shifted our business to focus on architecture and we've done that ever since so uh, so we run an architecture marketing and branding agency now Uh, we help architects Basically, there's three things we help with Uh, recognition. So helping them get found online, helping them. Yeah, there it is. There's our website. Uh, So we help them get found online, help them make a good first impression with their website, but also their web presence, social, Google business profile, that kind of thing. We help with reputation, so we help. We actually help clients, our clients, create content for their websites, for their social media, for email campaigns. Uh, The first, so so that's kind of the reputation part of what we do, and then there's the reach part of what we do, helping them to build relationships uh, with uh, potential partners, clients, other people who can bring them the. Ideal clients and projects that they wanna wanna work on. So that's I love him.
0: That's the sum up. (laughs) I love it. Well, it's an important part. Now, Brian, I've got a little flashy thing in the corner saying that. My web might be unstable, so can you still hear me? I'm gonna do a. i am going to do a quick I can, check. I can. You did your your video froze up
1: for there for a second, but then you came back. So.
0: It, it couldn't keep up with the entertainment.
1: I know. I'm just, with- I'm just overflowing you with value here. So that- <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we freeze up, it's okay. Uh, that, do you know what I learned, actually is that when it comes to video stuff, it's the audio which matters most, more yes. more than anything you know absolutely and especially absolutely. if you've got a well struggling mug maybe it's a benefit i'm frozen sometimes you know <laughs> but it's very it's very interesting what you've done and i always think that well of course i love architecture i studied it myself but some of the best recruiters that i've worked with and stuff you don't necessarily have to be in the industry and i do think especially with marketing and stuff sometimes you can get a fresh set pair of eyes so one of the examples yeah. we talked about a bit just before we went live was in terms of the content of the website you accurately talked about recruitment as well and i always find that sometimes when designing a website especially an architect show you naturally gravitate towards the projects the projects must look good and you maybe you talk about the about page but i sometimes feel it's a missed opportunity to talk about culture of a company and also to talk about the job vacancies there whereas actually a lot of people maybe that aren't just the clients as well could gain that information could gain a lot of value from a website so before we jump into the nitty-gritty of what doesn't work on a website i'd love to get your thoughts on that as well have you had some clients which successfully talk about their jobs and recruitment and the culture of working there as well as the projects
1: so, so I think this gets to something that, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to, right? Um, architects tend to focus on themselves and their business and, and their industry. Um, and, you know, we, we, we have, there's, there's, uh, we've came up, uh, I, I think it was during COVID we came up this, uh this. Uh, social media posts, uh, the the seven deadly sins of architecture marketing, and one of them was the sin of isolation. And a lot of times, architects don't look outside of their realm, right? And, and what we see a lot is that there's repeated patterns. And one of the key repeated patterns is that we're focusing everything about the projects. Just like you said, like, like there's like, oh, the project, it's the portfolio. That's why people are coming to us. But that's not mm. necessarily true. Uh, a lot of clients are are coming to your website. Like if we look in the residential space, right? A lot of clients don't yeah. know that they need an architect, right? And, and a lot mm. of architects haven't figured this out. So they're presenting all these projects, but they're not really talking about the Problems that those clients might encounter, the the pain points that they might have, the reasons they w- might need an architect. Um, mm. The same goes from like a recruitment aspect, right? Uh, if 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 you're having problems attracting uh, uh, talent to your firm, and you look at your website and it's just all pretty pictures. Well, yeah. you got to put yourself in their seat, right? Like, hey, yeah. do I want to work with this firm? All they all they talk about is, you know, who works there, right? I I I see so many times on websites where, and I've heard this from owners, from firm owners, who say, well, we don't want to put our team on the website because, you know, what if somebody leaves? Well, okay, you kind but, have a but bit if of I'm... trust right, Brian, you know, yeah. Yeah, we got to we got to we got to, you know, first of all, we got to want them to stay, right? We got to give them reasons <laughs> to stay, right? We don't want, if we're that worried about them leaving, then maybe there's other problems to solve. But secondly, I think, you know, if you're not if you're not talking about your team, other people who are coming to your website are going to take notice of that, right? If I'm looking yeah. for a job, I want to look I want to work for a firm that actually appreciates its staff. That features them that talks about their skills and their capabilities. Uh, this is something that I've seen time and time again, and and we really encourage our clients to yeah to include your staff to talk about your team. Yes, we realize that people might leave at some point, but that's not a reason to like make it all about just the principles, right? Yeah. So yeah. So. Giving people a sense of who's involved, who's on the team, who are you going to be seeing when you come into our office? Um, uh, What are the skill sets that we have is an important part of communication and and communicating the value that you can bring to your clients. So uh, the other thing, too, is that uh, often we don't see a lot of discussion about what the architecture firm is good at. Right. So many firms mm. have this mentality like, well, if we're just a generalist firm, if we, you know, we can do any kind of project. And, and this is a big mistake. It really does help to define what you want to be known for, because you can't be known for everything. You have to pick a lane. And yeah. uh, a lot of times when we go to websites what we just, what we see, you know, they may have a blog, let's say, right? A blog is a great way to communicate your expertise, your insights, your experience. Mm. What we see is a big focus on like, oh, well, we won this award, or we did this project, or um, uh, uh, I I don't know, We we got into a magazine. Well, that as a client... Uh, as 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 somebody who's interested in working with you, it really doesn't tell me a lot about what you do or or what you specialize in. I want to know what your opinions are, what your positions are. You know, uh, it, I know in the UK we have a client in the UK. A big thing right now is you know with the with the changes in government and so forth. We don't know where we're going to end up with these uh, these the the legislations around the uh, the, uh, the incentives or the penalties for sustainable building and so forth. Um, where do you stand as an architect on those kind of issues, right? How are you going to help your clients navigate those things in the future and build a, uh, a building or a home that's going to be, uh, going to be energy efficient, going to be less expensive to maintain and, uh, uh, keep up to date. So Yeah. Those are all things that we can be talking about on our websites. I love it. And when you were when
0: you were going when you were talking there Brian, I had to get my stress ball out because the thing is I'm <laughs> going to do a confession online is that while I had on run an architecture website, the architecture social for better and worse, I designed myself, which you could think, hooray! But let me tell you, I've got a lot of grey hairs, which I'm I'm like stealthing here. And websites, I lo- yeah, I love them to death, but at the same time, it's not as simple as just knocking up a Squarespace. Yeah. And and we're not even going into the SEO, what you're talking about with Google oh, shifts, yeah? proper information becoming an authority on the subject those are like long-term you know targets and you can do it and i do think for anyone i promise this episode was will not be about seo it is important though and you have to do it right okay that's the bad news you can't get it's, around it's him. a
1: fundamental best practice let's put it that way
0: It's a fundamental best practice. That's kind of like the behind the scenes stuff, right? Which is important. And people will probably consult with you on this stuff. However, I will will say where SEO does tie into what you said, Brian, and you touched upon really well, is news, blogging, sharing opinions. And I can understand why sometimes people feel tempted to not do it because there is an element of upkeep, right? No one likes a news section where something is from... 11 months ago is the most recent. You do have to stay on top of it a bit. But I think, though, it is a massive opportunity because you can get all your staff involved with it. You can have an opinion piece. It can get picked up in the news, potentially. But also, if you're smart, you can feed it into Google News. You can feed it into SEO. And it kind of keeps the website alive now do you what is your opinion on, on blogging i i suspect that you're a fan of it right uh, as yeah a, in terms it's, of web
1: it, yeah it's absolutely it's a key part of what we do with our clients is you know and, and yeah there is there is a process that you need to need to establish to do it yeah. consistently um, you know, a lot of people will ask me, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, okay, Brian, you say we need to blog. How often do we need to blog? Well, it's kind of up to you. And, and yeah. there's some things that you can look at to determine that, which get very technical and looking at like your competitors and so forth. But yeah. but here's the, here's the thing. Um, quality over quantity, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. If you I- So if you're a residential architect, it's better to have either one big article that talks about the ins and outs of residential architecture, helps clients really understand that process, or having a series of articles that are related to that topic. Like I said, you got to pick a lane. And the more specific, more narrow you can pick a lane, the, the more uh the the content becomes obvious right right one of the fears that a lot of clients come to us when they when we talk about blogging is like well i don't know what i'm gonna write about well actually it's pretty easy right what do you do best what are the things you enjoy what what opinions do you have it's not that hard to come up with the ideas the production side yeah it takes a little bit of effort but It's it once you have a process and once you defined it, that one article can be turned into so many things. Yeah, it can be turned into social media posts, it can be uh, mentioned in your email. Uh, your email campaigns. It can be uh, repurposed into, uh, you know, video clips where it's Mm. you, you know, talking about that topic. There are so many things you can do with that content uh, to repurpose it. That's the the marketing term that we use, repurposing. But you want to make the most of the content that you're creating for sure. Yeah, well said, and I, I try my best
0: as well because that even transcends. Like, if like for instance, this interview, if you were smart with it, you can cut it up into little soundbites, put it on your website, make an article sure. around it, embed it. I completely agree. I'm going to do a quick inter interlude, Brian, because a lovely member of our audience. Devin says, um, so apparently this is pre-recorded. Is there going to be any discussion here? Devin, it's not pre-recorded. This is live. So you can say what you want. You did put your website here. However, (laughs) me and Brian are not going to critique it today because I don't want to get in trouble. and, And I'm sure Brian thinks the same. But Devin, I really appreciate you sharing it. And we will. I will think about critiques in the future. But I like things to be complimentary. This is not. Um, hey, if we appra- have
1: time, we're going to look at Devin's website. How's huh? that? Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, Devin, if you're here at the end, we'll look at your website. Okay. And, and um, if there's nothing nice to say, we'll find something, I promise. Devin, stick around here. Oz says a quick comment that I will read out before we move on saying architects miss a lot of opportunities i thought this is because architects are silent in their craft i think it's really important for architects to learn tech skills and enter the contemporary online economy um yeah i i I agree oz i think that you know any business i know the problem i think brian isn't it when you run in a business you've got loads of stuff you've got to Get your in in the tax reports, you've got to to win the work, you've got to do the architecture, you've got to hire people and do a website. And I can see the temptation is not to get involved and pay someone to do it. But my view, Brian, is that it's good to have some understanding of the website, because like you say, doing blog posts and stuff, if you're confident enough to do it, you want to be able to do it easily. And it's typically not complicated. Would you also advise architects to get involved a little bit, even if it's not their comfort zone in stuff like websites?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think you have to be involved. You have to know what's going on, right? I mean, at what level? is going to depend on you the size of the firm how yeah. how you know how comfortable you are with that you know we have clients that are very hands on and they're they're very much very much involved we do try to minimize their involvement like like not 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 so they're not you know involved but because we know that the demands on their time are pretty high and so we want to make our interactions with them as beneficial and as valuable as possible. So we we structure those in a way that we can get the information that we need from them. We can answer their questions and we can do that uh, without having to be on the phone every other day and 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 distracting them from the things that they're really focused on. So that's a that's a key element of our service is, is trying to figure out Okay, what's going to work best for you? How involved are you going to be, or are you going to delegate some of that to somebody yeah. you trust in the firm? And and we're going to, you know, we we have that situation with some clients where we don't work always with the firm owner or leader. We might sometimes work with a uh, uh, an associate that is really responsible for that part of the firm's operation, the the marketing and branding side. So yeah, yeah. Do you know what what we're talking about is if there's any like
0: architectural professionals in the audience, right? I still think the same stuff we're talking about Brian applies that can be applied to them as on a personal business on a personal basis, right? So for example, me, I used to have my old little website when I was a student, and I put my work up and stuff, and it probably got like five viewers a month right but i kind of did it for me and it was right. like sharpening the sheaf. and i think that especially in 2022 as important as it is for a business to have a website i think that there's an awful lot of personal brand that is really powerful and it's like i think it's like an extension of a business card and as you as a marketeer yeah. right now would you also for anyone listening go guys this is not just for Businesses who practice in architecture, would Absolutely. you recommend people look at websites, Brian?
1: Absolutely. I mean, so here's the thing: um, a lot of people focus attention on social media, and i i don't want to I don't want to slag on social media or anything like that. But I, you know, social media has its place, and there's a reason we call it social media. It's a great networking tool. It's a great way to get your you get your stuff out to a lot of people. Yeah. But but the thing is, is that with social media they are in control of that real estate yeah, they yeah. make the rules the the social media platform determines who sees your stuff how 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 much of it the, uh, how much of your stuff that people see they uh they set those rules and they can change those rules at any time and 100%. you know for those of us who know like you know with facebook they went from Hey, you know, you could have a business page and everybody on your contact list was going to see all that stuff to suddenly like only one percent are going to actually see that. And that was pretty much it was almost overnight that they did that, uh, you know, just in Internet years. Uh, But um, uh, so. So your website is the one thing that you can control. Uh, It's the one place where you can design the message. You can uh, present that in the way that is unique to you and uh, that showcases the things that you want to present. And from a personal brand perspective, yes, it's a very powerful tool. Um, now, you mentioned Squarespace earlier, and I do want to say this. So we we had our professional agency website on Squarespace for many years. Yeah, it's yeah. a great platform. And if yeah. you're looking to just get a start, a platform like Wix or Squarespace, or I don't know, there's so many out there now these days, yeah, That can be a great way to start because it, yeah. it, it can allow you to just focus on getting stuff on the web rather yeah. than worrying about like having to learn a new skill, right? Because they're drag mm. and drop, they're easy to use. Um, and I highly recommend that if you're just starting out, like if you're, you know, if you're just a couple of years into your career and you want to have a personal space on the internet where you can showcase the things that are important to you, where you can share your opinions outside of the work sphere, I highly recommend having a website of your own and Squarespace is a great place to get started. Any, any fair. kind of tool like that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I think you're right. Um Nothing
0: wrong, especially starting up, especially on a personal basis. I think what better way to kind of get that online, you know, CV and, and portfolio going. Now, I've, I've, I, so I do not get accused of clickbait, Brian. I, part of this was saying like why a lot of architectural websites are so useless, right? Yeah. And, and I know it's a bit of a ballsy title, but I think that there's a lot of fences. That architecture practices make. And maybe if you run an architecture practice, have a think about do these or do these not apply to your website? So I'll tell you, bit number less so now, but is the worst offender of them all used to be the JavaScript flash loading websites yeah. with the bars that would take a million years to load, and then when they load, they're all old and cranky, right? So that's my number one offender from before. Now the equivalent is unoptimized, huge images, which you can't load on your mobile phone on the go. It's not everyone looks on their desktop, believe it or not. A lot of people, sometimes more than 50% is on mobile so that's one of my pet peeves. When we're talking about this subject, Brian, are there any that stick out in your mind of uh, uh, top offenders? Yeah, uh, not the names, the kind uh, of the, the no, offenses, no, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, so um, just give everybody a little bit of background on this. So our team, uh, anytime we have a new uh, potential new client come in or... um. Uh, back in the day when we were first starting out, we we got a list of architecture firm websites, and so far I think we've done over uh, 650 evaluations of architecture firm websites. So mm-hmm. these are things that we look at, look at all the time, and uh, uh, your your JavaScript uh, uh, Flash uh, uh, example. So I think. I think that accounts for about 10% of the sites that we've looked at so far over over the past several years and that's oh. way too high. I mean, essentially yeah. those sites do not work. Flash does not is not no longer supported on the web. So yeah. uh, so if you have a if you're sitting there thinking, oh, "I haven't looked at my website in a while." It don't uh, work anymore, right? <laughs> exactly. Um some of the other things that uh are, are big pet peeves. Um uh hidden contact information. Um uh, believe it or not, mm. a lot of people uh see seem to think it's 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 a good idea to hide all their contact information and just yeah. have a form. Uh let me ask you, when was the last time you you filled out a contact us form? I hate the contact forms, Brian.
0: Exactly. I have no idea if they've got there or not. I can't yeah. customize it that much. Yeah, do
1: not it's, use it's, the phones it's yeah. uh, it's there because we all you know we're supposed to have it there but really uh where you're where you're where, where you want on your website i i prefer to have a phone number or a click to call button up in the top right because mm-hmm. that is where we all look we all look for information in the top right it's just how we're yeah. programmed um I do not recommend, this is another pep, I do not recommend putting your social links up there. And here's why. Mm. It's just an invitation to allow people to leave your website, go get distracted on social media and never think about you again. Correct. So put those in your footer, right? Well
0: said, because I always view, and it might sound as a shock. I love LinkedIn. I think it's a great platform. I'm, I'm glad we're here. However, the dot com is, as you said earlier, and I'm going to reiterate your point, the dot com is what I can control, okay? Maybe yeah. a Google algorithm will come on, but it generally I can control that dot com. It's much better than, as you said, than Instagram is a great example because it's a very visual platform, architects love it, Yeah. and suddenly TikToks come, so Instagram now is like, pictures don't really get much of a waiting it's all about videos so it's suddenly very hard for people to grow on instagram they get worried about why and you're right it's because you're at mercy at the algorithm whereas i think with a website you have much more control you can add content there and if you work on the seo then fantastic so to your point why if people are on the website do you then send them away to another platform where an ad can pop up and they go yeah. oh, look at the so-and-so architects click that and then they're gone
1: yeah yeah that's it's just a huge mistake and um you know it's great to have your social links on your website but you don't need to display them so prominently that somebody's just going to disappear. The other thing about I want to, I want to, because you reminded me of something when you were talking there about social media. So one of the things about social media, and this is a little bit different with LinkedIn, and I think it's why we talk about why why we recommend LinkedIn to so many of our clients. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you really have to build a following. So you invest all this time building a following All of a sudden they decide to change their rules and you're kind of like, oh, wait a minute. I don't have those. You know, I didn't capture those emails. I don't have any way to really connect with those people anymore. And, you know, this is basically what Facebook did to us years ago. Mm. Um, And they happen to own Instagram. So who knows what they're going to do next, right? Mm. Um, LinkedIn is a little bit different. Uh, where uh it, it allows you to connect with people that you don't know. You can send out connection requests. You gotta be careful about that. And you can't do too many in one go because they'll they'll,
0: they'll I've they'll, I've
1: been put in the LinkedIn jail and I had to beg to be taken out. Yeah, Luckily Yeah you were you were you're overclocking the uh connection uh requests. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you have to follow their rules, but it does allow you to reach out to people and connect with people that you have never met before, and and yeah. so you can do that. So that LinkedIn's okay, but where you really should focus your effort is collecting emails, collecting contact information on your website, and the best mm. way to do that is to offer something of value to people visiting. Um, whether it's a download, whether it's a webinar or a video or whatever it might be, yeah. give people something so they they can experience your expertise your experience your knowledge your know-how but give them something of value so that they're willing to give over give something of value to you which is their contact information so you can continue to engage with them over time that's that's a really thing that's something i think people overlook about social media it's not like you own those contacts at all
0: yeah i i agree And, and especially when you talk about email campaigns and stuff like that There's got to be a a reason to to give away that information. Just before we we build upon that point, Brian, Yogesh says hi, and he says that he agrees that most people and company websites already want to be there. Now, Yogesh is an old friend of mine and actually has the misfortune, I should say, of living for me when we studied in architecture. So, Yogesh, I'm I'm just going to do a call out and, and thank you for sharing your points. He is a fantastic, talented architect. Yogesh, love you to death. Building upon that point, now Brian, I mean, I, I, I agree. So when I think about websites in particular, as well, let's talk about user interface briefly for a little bit just before yeah. we go. So, it's to me, it's very, very important. And you said that you programmed to taught you to look in the top right for where to go and so i found out on my website that people go to the top right and the first thing they click on is jobs right yeah. and the second thing they click on typically is salary guides because i mean the architecture social is a bit different well that's and that's something of value that you're offering to your audience Exactly right. And what I learned is so I've got as well on my salary guide to go to your point about emails is that so people can enter the salary guide anyways, but if they want to be kept up to date constantly of current salaries as they change in the market put in your email, or make a job alert. And from that, Brian, then people type in the emails. Um, You know, if I put, like, contact form, and like you said, a little, please sign up to my email. No one's interested. You have to reach out to them. And I'm not talking about me. I'm saying, do you want to be up up to date of London salaries as they pop up monthly? Yes, no, enter. And then people enter. Where I've seen it in architectural terms work quite well is, for example, an architecture practice gives away a very quick um feasibility study, you know, can we do something in there? And people sign up for an email or they get in contact and you know, it's 10 minutes for the architects sort of sure. work they get an introduction. Yep. I'm not too fat a big fan of giving away stuff for free anymore because no. you know, I run a business and my 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 bills come uh, whether or not I've given lots away for free or not. Right. And we as architects, I think, need to learn that we have to retain our value and not give stuff away for free and reduce fees. That aside, though, uh, building upon your point, Brian, I do agree. You have to have a valuable – what's the what's the marketing term? You've got to have something. A lead magnet. A lead magnet. Well, that sounds all right, kind of cool and stuff, a yeah. lead magnet. Yeah. What, what may be a good example, Brian, quick – obviously, it's case-by-case case in business – so, Can you give an example of a lead magnet?
1: Yeah. So, for example, a uh, lead magnet could be uh, just a PDF download that uh, maybe is a checklist of uh, the key things you need bef- uh, to kind of gather before yeah. you go and talk to an architect, right? It could be like a what we call a project preparation package, right? Helping you understand, Hey, these are the things that, you know, an architects typically I want going to want to ask you these, mm-hmm. it'd be helpful to know this kind of information before you come in. Right. Yeah. Another thing would be, uh, for example, uh, could be a guide on how to choose an architect. What is the process that you need to go through? You know, what kind of architect do you need? Uh, Helping you, just kind of asking you questions, giving you a checklist to kind of run through to really determine, like, Who's gonna be the best architect for you? What are the questions that I need to ask an architect to know that they're a good fit for me? So things Mm -hmm. like that can be uh, really simple, uh, easy to put together uh, uh, lead magnet. Uh, Like you said, uh, having kind of a consultation call. now. Uh, I do recommend these because typically people want to talk to somebody and it's a good option, but it doesn't mm. have to be you, the lead architect, right? Right. Uh, you know, you could have an associate in, in the, and you could have an admin, you could have a office manager who has a script and who knows hey, these are the questions I need to ask. And oh, if they say things like this, that, and the other, well, mm. I, need to, I need to ask them a few more questions and then they can get scheduled with the architect, <laughs> right? So it doesn't always have to go, and not everything has to be uh, going through your, uh, for you know, taking up your time, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: well said. Uh, and I think we've covered one or two of the bugbears of websites. Well, I was on this point of offering, constructive ideas because they are so really useful, for brian maybe what i was going to say is if it's cool i'll tell one thing that i think a lot of architectural practices miss which i think is a missed opportunity and then if you fancy sharing one we'll sure. give away that juicy nugget and then any more juicy nuggets people can tap you up on your website which i'll put Absolutely. in the end right but so the one i think is the biggest one which gets missed we touched upon it a bit earlier is company culture right and yeah. i think that seeing pictures in the office or people working remotely getting those updates people seeing what it's like to work in an environment any giving back to the community what the staff are up to if there's an office dog uh, insights into the company they're not only beneficial in terms of recruitment because people will apply i also though i think companies like to work with companies which treat their employers good and i agree with what you said earlier of how not having people on the website doesn't make sense and yeah. let me give you some recruitment news right if someone's thinking of leaving whether they're on the website or not brian they're gonna look okay so you're right yeah. by focusing on company culture and building it up and then the more and more better, the more and more proud you can be as a company. And I think there's no negatives. It's a a great way to build content. It's a great way to advertise your ethos. And you can probably save a lot of money on recruitment. I mean, before you talk about your point, is there anything you want to add to that if you agree on it?
1: I mean, absolutely, and, and and it doesn't have to, like, it doesn't matter if you have a team or not, even if it's just you, a picture of you interacting with the client, a picture of you out at the job site, making mm. sure that everything's built, being built to spec, um, you know, a picture of you working in, in the office uh, on some design ideas, you know, a picture, a video, whatever it may be. Uh, People people do business with people. They do not do business with black boxes, right? Which your yeah. website, if it's not going to talk about anything other than your projects, it's basically a black box and we don't know what we're getting on the other side. So, yeah, that's that's definitely, uh, I think it's it's definitely important to be human on the web uh, more and more, uh, uh, you know, used to be all you needed was a brochure on the web, you know, basically you just yeah. needed a, 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 a kind of a glorified brochure, but that's, that's not how we're doing business anymore. The more that we use the web, the more comfortable we are with it, the more we expect uh, that websites are going to give us and help us understand that, uh, that, that firm. So, um, uh, so from my standpoint, in terms of things that I think are really important uh, for your website, um, and this is really like even before you start thinking about the website, you have to be very clear about what your goals are for your website, because that's going mm. to help determine what your website should be be sane, what, what kind of information you're going to want to present to people, you have to have a concept of like, you know, I mean, if you just go at it, like, oh, we just need to put up our portfolio. Well, yeah, you can just, you know, you just get a, you know, you go probably get a Google photos page and just put that up. But that that's not going to, that's not going to help people understand your business. Um, you need to figure out who it is you're talking to. Are you talking to residential clients? Are you talking to uh, re- retail companies, you know, that are looking to wow their customers and create a great experience? Are you looking at people uh, who, uh, you know, I know uh, because my client in London, I know that, the, you know, a lot of people, they they want to expand their homes. Right. But they have they can't. They don't have the land to expand, so there. Is some type, Some people are going down into the basement yeah. level. Some people are building on top. Some people are putting up structures in their backyard. So help people. You know, help. You know, pick your lane. Figure mm. out what the key questions are that people are going to want to know or or going to want to search for online uh, that are going to bring them to you. Start with that as a concept for your website. How are we going to attract, educate, inform, engage, entertain people who we want to work with? How are we going to give them that great first impression so that when they think about an architect, they think about us first?
0: Well said. Well, I'll give you. If you give well, actually, I was going to give you. We'll do the. Those are some kick-ass points there. So there we go. But I'll give you a little round of applause. Thank. Appreciate it, Brian. It's well said. And I and and I think that it, it's quite interesting because I start freestyling in this as well. Because once you've d- built a website up and you've been involved in in the web design a lot, I mean the gains from it are exponential. It yeah. just takes a bit of time to get going, and, and the other. F-
1: it's like anything else. It? It's an investment, right? Yeah. You know you invest, you know you mentioned earlier, and I, I want to come back to this because I, I think mm. it was a point that i didn't I didn't get to make. Um, you talked about like architects they you know one of the things that works against you, like I talked about isolation, right, looking outside of your industry, and one of the yeah. things that works against architects is the fact that you have to you have to keep getting these educational hours, right and for, oh, for, for a lot of people. Okay. That makes it really difficult to like say, oh, I'm going to go learn about marketing or I'm going to go learn about finance or whatever it may be. But I tell you what, you know, you, you have to find a way to figure out what is important for your business and, you know, and and and. Get the skills, get the information you need, or find somebody to help you, because that's the only w- way you're going to have a successful business. You are not going to learn about, you know, you might learn about some of those skills in at a, at a uh, you know, at a, I don't know what you here in the US We call them CEUs, uh, the 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 yeah. uh, the credits. Uh, you might get some of that information from those courses, but generally that's not what they're talking about. And you got to look for that outside of architecture. Yeah, Brian, I've got mixed mixed feelings
0: about them. Because I've been to one, we're back in my, when I was an architectural assistant, right? I was broke. So I used to love signing up to them because they used to get free sandwiches and they used to know certain <laughs> providers used yeah. to really splash out. And one or two, they'd be the opposite. And I was like, I'm not going to go see them because the sandwiches ain't good. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But there was one or two really good things there. And actually, maybe there's an opportunity there for content on the website. Who knows? But I think if you can turn something, which, like you say, is um, a requirement into something where you could talk about it and maybe do an innovation series, and that could be the content of a blog, then then you're on to a winner because that requirement then becomes um an infinite a source of SEO keywords authority yes. in the space and yeah. and so on. Um do you know what I was gonna say to you actually um because at this point I like to flip the table and the guest can be the interviewer. Because right. it, it shouldn't be so much one ways. But maybe this there's, there's loads of different ways you could go because I've created created the architecture social. I run the social media and I run a website which the views are growing uh, which is great so you could if you want interrogate me on a few points in that brian or you can talk about anything
1: you want uh, i wouldn't know much about the world cup but feel free to ask me I any either. questions I, I don't either i just I, I just read the headlines so um yeah. uh well yeah i mean what do you find is the most challenging part of let's say updating or maintaining your website
0: do you know one of the most um time consuming bits indirectly was recording not live podcasts because um so for example we've done we've done the the dangerous but also exciting thing of we're going live so the downside right. with going live is in theory oh my goodness, things can go wrong. Like my internet went a little bit chittery, maybe, whatever, right? Yeah. But you have to just right. roll with it. The downside, in my opinion, of recording podcasts offline is that then you've got to really got to edit them. It takes time. <laughs> you've got to polish them up. You've got to get someone involved. And I found that really difficult. So I gravitate towards this. I also try to be very economical with my podcast in, in a way. So, for example, after recording this, I will rip the sound and I will put it on Spotify and I, I try to edit it a bit. I always try, when we hear, for example, like earlier I talked about my old um, my old friend, my old colleague and the stuff he's brought up. So Yogesh right now is saying, I'm not that old. Don't worry, Yogi, we know you're not that old. But I always try to annotate stuff to include the audio speaker because to me, I've got a limited amount of time and I yep. always try to get things on the website, but then, if we produce one piece of content, I then try to get that medium as far as possible, Brian. So by putting that on Spotify, it's also more inclusive, but it gets more people aware of things. Maybe someone doesn't want to go into this, be on LinkedIn right now at seven o'clock, but they can listen to the replay the next day. I then sure. put it on YouTube normally. Um I will do it on YouTube. I'll put it in three days after because LinkedIn, and thank you, LinkedIn, have asked me to do exclusive content for LinkedIn for a while. So here we go. We're here for three days. But then I always try to put stuff on the website, and I view it as I view social media. There's a falsity uh, that people say sometimes that it's a community, and I don't agree. I view them as channels, and I think yeah. if you're going to build a community, it's it's your website And so I try to have as much unique content there as possible, but I always try then to get it out to as much channels as possible. So does that make sense? So the home of this would be in the architecture social, but use as much channels. And also then goes to your point, Brian, that if suddenly um, Instagram decides that they hate long um, videos, And Spotify is still happy to have a podcast. So that's the main thing I try to do. I I do keep an eye on SEO. My general rule, though, is build relevant content and keep adding it. I try not to go back to articles I've done. There's sometimes a temptation to update stuff, but I think having new stuff is fine. And like a good example, um, and the last bit on the point before opening up again is, like some of the thumbnails I've done on some of my old YouTube things, Brian, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if I like it anymore. And I think architects are guilty of this as I am, of you look at your old work and you judge yourself on that. But I always think now, like, do you know what? That's where I was in 2020 and I'm here and what I am now. And and it's more about meeting new people like yourself, getting new angles, new perspectives. And if me and you want to do something again, we'll do another episode, but I don't, like to re record the old episode, I don't even listen to them once i'm done, so i someone I told that yeah. to someone it blew their mind, but I'm like it's always looking forward, and sometimes yeah. as designers, it's tempting to go back on what you've done and perfect it, but the gains Brian in my opinion are not as comparable you know
1: yeah, yeah that's exactly i, I you, you you uh you touched on a, a few things that I think are really important. Um, number one, uh, consistency, right? Uh, you know, Google, our, our friends at Google, they really love it when we're consistent and we're we're coming out with new content and so forth. Now, does that mean you need to do something every day? No. Does it mean yeah. you need to do something every week? No. Um, my advice on that is like if you you know if you want to have a good judge of like how much content should i be creating like i said before you could have one article that's like a total winner and yeah. is getting all the traffic for your website but also look at look at your top competitors on google try to find your firm in a Google search. What would your clients look for in a Google search? If you're not coming up on that first page, uh, then there's something wrong with your website. And you might want to start looking at the websites that are on that first page and making some comparisons to see what you need to do to to fix things. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, from the recruiting standpoint, what are, are there any, are, are there, so, so here's, here's something that I, another pet peeve I have yeah, is so when I, I go to a architecture website and there's, you go to the about page and it's basically a CV of the principle, right? Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Is, the, I mean, to me, that just seems like, like, that's not why, what an about page should be about, right? It should be I, about- I, I, Something, something related to what me as the client would need from you and uh, how you're going to help me, right? Yeah, I think generally
0: it's a missed opportunity. I think the bit that you pointed on earlier, which is hilarious, say now there's 50 people in the company, it will just be a bounce section of the two principles <laughs> yes. and it's like, okay, well, actually, you know, when someone's designing your house, you kind of want to know about who's designing your house. Yes. So I, I think it should be inclusive. A good example. Um, of a website which I've seen is actually pokes a bit of fun on it so I think there's a company called Matt Architecture and um, when you hover over the images I think if you click in them or something so they've got the normal like hey it's me in an architecture practice image and then when you go into it they've gone another level so they're not just showing their hobbies of like hey, this is me and the guitar, and I've seen that kind of stuff, and it can work really well. Right. But they're all bizarrely, like, dressed in Victorian clothes in their existing office, and there's one guy on CAD wearing, like, Henry VIII clothes and stuff. So. Oh, you have but, to
1: send me that. You have to send I, me I, I, that. Link.
0: I will, and I'd be tempted to bring it up here, but I will put the link in for all you people listening. So I think it's uk, and Brian, I'll show it to you at the end, but it made me laugh. It made me really laugh. And they also, again, are very, very good from a marketing point of view because there was one project that they had, which I can't, it was a witty title, but anyways, in the description, rather than this being like, this is a residential project, X square meters, okay, which is really important, but saying all this stuff, they were like, this project was a slog. Okay, no one wanted to work yeah. in it. The project manager didn't want to work in it. The planning consultant was pulling out their hair. We had four planning consultants, but in the end, we got it through. And I was good and I read it and I was like, wow, this is not just the cliche stuff. So in recruitment, uh, the, what people do when they haven't got any imagination, Brian, is that they write the same old random, um, I think I can swear but they write yeah. the same old rubbish, right? And and they usually sounds like, and hear me now, an exciting opportunity. I mean, what yeah. does that mean, okay? Right. T- a tight-knit team is another offender, you know?
1: Design-centered approach.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well you, should, you one would hope, right? You, you, yes, you,
1: you, so, overstating so we,
0: the obvious, yes. Correct, and I think the way job descriptions and projects can be written the same. So I think actually trying, to have something menial, meaningful, and poignant is, is, is important. It's hard, though. I've done it myself. It's much easier yeah. for me to go and excite an opportunity in central London, in a, in a regentrified area, up and coming. It's really easy for me to do that because they're all quick things. But, but it's easy
1: for everybody else, too.
0: Yeah, you don't get the same meaning from it. So I think it yeah. does pay to go that extra length and, and yes. write meaningful content. And, and so when you said about the about page, I think it's just so much about that. And I think maybe, and also I think it's a really good team building exercise to get people in when they yeah. join to say, Hey, here's your picture or you get one freshly made. What would you like to put in your bio? And add something personal in there. Yeah. You know, are you a DJ on the weekend or something? This is not unprofessional. It's actually character building. So yeah. on the about page, I think that's, the missed opportunity typically is the people, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree a hundred percent. That's one of the things that we do when we, uh, when we were developing content for our website, that's, that's one of the key things we do is, is we help them with the bios and Mm -hmm. we always ask personal questions Mm -hmm. and like, you know, uh uh we'll, well we try to bring out like okay well what do you do as a human being outside of this job because you know you're not a robot you're not strapped to your desk yeah uh, yeah and uh, we want to know who you are right
0: yeah exactly and i promise you i am listening but i've got a little treat here for you okay oh boy. so the matt architecture website we is still alive And let's click on randomly the directors. There we go. So we, (laughs) we, 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 Matt Architecture is still um, living it up. I think that was my favorite one. Oh my
1: god, that is hilarious! Right. So
0: shout out to Matt Architecture. I've always admired their architecture from the far. But yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: That's that's creative, fun stuff. I mean, why not? Right. Uh, Yeah. uh, I think. it, it 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 I bet it's a it's a good conversation starter, right? It,
0: exactly. I'd find, kind of fancy having a chat with them, and they do beautiful projects as well. So yeah for mass architecture, if you're tuning in, while I know this is a raunchy title, your <laughs> website is not useless, and it's the opposite. So we, we this we, is
1: good stuff. I love it. We,
0: We've actually we cut we give one good example, didn't we, Brian, Of, of <laughs> as well as a lot of offenders. So I'm going to quickly bring up your website. But, Brian, we're winding down there. So if anyone's got, re- you know, inspired by what we talked about, they want to reach out to you um, or, or any of that stuff. Can you tell us where they find you?
1: Yeah. Just go to arcmark.co, uh, not.com.co. Uh, yeah. it's right there. on under my, uh, under my face, uh, next to my name there. Uh, this is our website. Um, yeah, reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to us by email at info at arcmark.co, or you can go through our website. We do have a, a, a start here button that'll take you to our, uh, our, uh, our scheduling page What you mean and-
0: no no javascript or big contact forms no, a-
1: there's there might be some javascript but there's no uh no funky no funky flash oh, that's good
0: it, it loads up fast on my computer so very good, um, that's good. Spe- especially <laughs> with my dodgy network so we're halfway there well brian you've been an awesome guest i'm sure we'll talk in the future about more stuff so thank you for joining i really appreciate it
1: Thank you so much for having me, man. I I really... I, you know, I reached out to you because I saw one of your interviews and I was just like, this guy has so much energy. I l- I'd just love to be on a show and I uh, really appreciate you so, having says me. Says you,
0: you're the awesome picture. I love it. <laughs> you have
1: you have the best uh, best mug shots I've
0: seen. Brian, you're an absolute legend. I'm going to end the podcast in one minute, but stay on the stage, Brian. And thank you for tuning in now on LinkedIn or if you're watching the recap, hey, that's what it's all about. And who knows, we're going to, as we were talking about, keep building content in that because why not Google's going to love it and we'll see can the architecture social get to the top of Google or more importantly perhaps you've got your personal website come on take a few of the lessons that we talked about I've killed myself for hours so skip all those hard lessons and steal a few of the tips that me and Brian were talking about or if you run your own architecture practice the way I look at it is you can always keep building up and don't be embarrassed if your website isn't quite where you want the best thing, I think, is just to kind of take a fresh, well, what's it called in architecture? Is Maybe it's not quite going back to the drawing board, but version 2 or version 345. So on that note, I'm going to end the live stream. Brian, um, stay on the stage, and everyone in the audience, enjoy the rest of the football, and I will see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.